everybody and welcome back to the Hunt for the Perfect Album with Billy and Dave for a very, very special episode. We're having a little fireside chat with someone who I'm a massive, massive fan of. It's Mark Minone, co-founder of the Lost and Lonesome record label and, you know, stalwart of so many amazing Australian indie bands, including the Luxmiths and uh, Minone Alone. How you doing, Mark? Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Sort of, uh, you know, cranking the brain up for the year trying to get it unsoftenified <laughs> trying to calcify it a bit more than it is it's so good to chat to you man i like i just want to know obviously like indie is probably your favorite style of music i'm guessing it's it's what you play it's it's what you seem to promote and stuff with lost and lonesome what what other style of music are you are you into are you quite eclectic in what you listen to yeah i mean um yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I, I strictly listen to indie or rock or anything. But I, um, I mean, you know, I guess I guess that's the uh, that's the sort of realm I've, I've fallen into by playing in certain styles of bands that are exactly that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I love you know, I'm a, I'm an old geezer, so I do love old music too. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I love I love uh, I guess calypso music, for instance, yeah, right. and um, yeah, uh, old reggae, soul stuff as well. I mean, I wouldn't say I've, I mean, I've got deep knowledge in any of those areas, but <laughs> yeah. I definitely love it when I'm listening to that sort of music. Yeah. Love a bit of Belafonte. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I went on a big splurge, obviously, when he sadly passed. And mm, yeah, yeah. Bought yeah. up a lot of uh, four or five different live albums of Belafonte doing various things. Yeah, love a bit of Calypso. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he had a very broad career, not just Calypso, obviously, but, um, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the all-time greats, <laughs> you, Mark, <laughs> when, when did you start playing music? And did you start with the bass or did you start with other instruments or? Uh, I started, I guess I started with, uh, well, uh, you know, um, if we sidestep a, a disastrous attempt at learning the trumpet in year <laughs> seven, I think I was the guy. Yeah, I love being in the orchestra because you can just pretend and you're just like in like eight different trumpet players and you're like, Ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I started playing guitar when I was about 12, um, at, at high school, I, I started getting lessons. Um, yeah, we had a guitar teacher come to the school and, um, and I was just atrocious for the first, <laughs> I, I want to say four years, three or four years, right. I was pretty bad. but, um, I just, um, had a real, um, I had a real keenness for it and um, I just, yeah, stick to itiveness or whatever you call it. But um, I just was obsessed with overcoming my stumpy fat finger syndrome and my, <laughs> um, you know, all the other kids I had lessons with were just like completely eclipsing me with their with their skills and, and you know, dexterity and everything. But um, I think, I yeah, like uh, uh, when I had a, a new teacher come to the school and start like saying, Hey, what sort of, you know, what songs do you want to learn on the guitar? What do you want to play? Um, and I, you know, I was bringing in tapes of, I guess, things like, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, hunters and collectors, like early yeah. sort of collector stuff and, um, and, you know, violent femmes things, you know, stuff like that. And I was just learning, started learning songs that, that I actually dug 
and wanted to, you know, play like, you know. Um, so that was, um, yeah, definitely my first instrument, guitar, and then I sort of, uh, I picked up the bass when I, I guess I was about 16. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I um, started playing with, with a few friends. I was in it, I had a, a few uh, fraught attempts at being a funky kind of guy um and um just sort of managed to 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 meet up with with my luxmas bandmates in high school which was um which was a good thing and then you know just sort of started writing pop tunes but i you know i was really into like lead guitar still at that point and yeah, so yeah. I, I, having a having a um you know joining a band with with someone like marty donald who was strumming a lot of guitar chords yeah. simple chords gave me a lot of room to, to move as a, as a bass player. So I think that's, um, you know, with, I sort of was hearing the bass as a second melodic instrument with the vocals. So, um, and without a full drum kit there to sort of like lock in with, it was just sort of like a bit more of a, um, broad, broad canvas to work on there. So yeah, yeah. it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, that, that sort of led me down the path of bass playing it was definitely meeting yeah. up with Marty. So that's like that's my favorite thing about the sound of locksmiths it actually it reminds me a lot of the cure where robert smith who was the lead songwriter was the bass player and so yeah you're right it's it's that blend of of the bass and and the drums for the most part are quite light because tali is singing while playing my favorite bass riff of yours <laughs> is uh 22 it's it's a really early one. Oh. Is that do 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 do? I I love that man. It's so good. <laughs> I love it when people sing bass lines to me. Such <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful fulfilling. Oh um, thanks. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that was a. a yeah, thank you. So, yeah, I mean, coming up with curly bass lines like that was probably just what what kept me going. Um, you know, there was there was a whole bunch of other bands that sort of happened in high school and stuff, but it was all like, you know, Hendrix covers and things like that. But I think yeah. it was like getting to getting to sort of just noodle around with, you know, those Luxmiths things was um, really what I was into, you know, kind of fill out the gaps a bit. Yeah. I'm so curious yeah. about how you formed Lost and Lonesome because obviously, so we've just had the 25th anniversary of the label. You were really yeah. young when you started it, and the Luxmiths, from memory, at the because you guys were still on Candle for ages, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, because I, yeah, the Luxmiths were ha- we, you know, we were happily on Candle Records, and, yeah. and you know, Chris Crouch is, was you know one of our best friends, and um, and all the bands were awesome. I guess what happened was um, we, you know, there was only certain amount of bands that could fit on that record label and, and Melbourne was full of not just Melbourne but Australia and, and overseas um you know so many bands that I loved that weren't on the label and and they and um yeah Jane and I uh Jane McCracken and I started the label just to kind of because we'd put out you know we'd um you know, uh, respectively, um, you know, knew how to knew how to contact the place to get CDs made. We knew how to get bromides made to get the covers <laughs> printed. You know, we knew all that. We knew like the two or three things that were essential to to, to getting things made. You know, CDs primarily. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, we kind of just fancied ourselves as a record label because of that very reason. We had no business now whatsoever. Um, Jane, I guess, had a bit more of a sense of cleanliness than I, so she had the office at her house and I just had a lounge room full of boxes. So um, I was like the storage space and she was like the tidy setup. But, um, yeah, we just sort of, yeah, we just started releasing friends, uh, friends of ours things and, and helping them put them out. And, I mean, I don't think we ever really were like, we're a record label, you know, we were... <laughs> We were just figuring it out, figuring it out as we went, and um, and and luckily, um, yeah, we just sort of made lots of friends in the process, and 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 just kept going because of that. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys have put out some amazing stuff. I'm a massive fan of Fred Stereo, and when I came <laughs> to the the you know anniversary gig uh, last year, it was amazing to see him live because. I, I don't know whether he performs that much, really. And Anthony Atkinson, who we've covered his yeah. album on this show, we absolutely love Anthony Atkinson. You've, you've done <laughs> yeah. some amazing stuff, man. Like, do you, yeah. like, I'd love to ask you about, because obviously the premise of the show is like perfect albums. Do people yeah. just like send you albums? Like, do you find you're listening to a lot of new music? Like, how do you go about deciding, you know, what you release as a record label and stuff? Yeah, um, well, I guess, you know, there is a certain, like, I'm, I'm definitely trying to keep things rather contained, especially now I've stopped sort of working with, with, with bands overseas just because it's, it's kind of just, you know, hard. <laughs> it's just hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard and, and there's no bands to play shows and promote it. You know, it's yeah. just, um, yeah, um, no, I, I do. There's definitely still, you know, Melbourne's still, hasn't slowed down as a music city, I guess. And, um, and you know, the regionals as well, not so much like bands from interstate contacting me or anything, but yeah, just mostly, um, I guess, um, just the outer realms of, of the already sort of, um, solidified lost and lonesome in a sanctum, you know, they'll be those friends, there's little tendrils going off in all directions. Um, just sort of, um, yeah, so there'll be, you know, I, yeah, there's, 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 I do receive quite a lot of, of submissions as a label and it's, it's just hard. I mean, I can't, I can't obviously do everything and, you know, I'm about to turn 50. I've got a family. <laughs> I've got, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's not a business that, that's, that's, that, that can, that, you know, it's a sinking business is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gone under. I'm just barely keeping it. Um, <laughs> my own my own creative output is 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 stymied because of that that very thing as well you know i'm up at 3 a.m <laughs> entering metadata and it's and it's like i could be sleeping a i could be <laughs> writing a song i could be doing a drawing but i'm like typing on a computer like a you know it's not what i kind of expected yeah. i expected running a record label i thought i'd be out at a cocktail party or something yeah. like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you are in in so many bands still. Obviously, the Locksmiths have sadly, you know, split up about what ten years ago now or so. Um, but fourteen, oh, fifteen now. Oh, yeah. Wow, man. Oh, fourteen and a half. Yeah. But um, obviously, you've got Last Leaves. You've got Manone Alone. Um, can you tell me a little bit, bit about your songwriting process and how you how you start, and also just the craft of when you start writing songs. 
do you think about an album or do you just think about the song? Well, it sort of happens in different ways. Like, I mean, the last the last Manone Alone album I did was during the lockdowns. Um, and that was kind of a, that was just a completely different process for me because um, uh, my friend Jane, who I started Lost and Lonesome with, um, let me borrow her 8-track and uh, a little cassette 8-track machine. And, um, and I never sort of recorded myself at home. I mean, I'd done a little bit here and there on, on you know, Reaper or whatever, you know, but nothing, not a full, fully realised album or anything. So I just sort of started messing around on that and then I was getting all these ideas down on tape and, and it started to have a bit of a flow and then I was like, oh, well, I guess it's an album now. Like, I guess I'm making an album. <laughs> and, like, originally I was just like, I'll, 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 I'll record some of these ideas as, as demos that I can show my bandmates in Manone alone. Um, and, um, yeah, and then I was just like, you know what? These guys probably can't play this shit as well as I can, so I'm going to keep my own. Um, you know, listen to that sweet guitar lick, and um, so yeah, I just decided, you know, that became the album. But at the moment, I've I've been working on um, new song. Well, before before I recorded that album, which was Stay Foggy, which which came out after the pandemic, um, I had been recording demos with Gus, the drummer in Monona Alone. Yeah, right. And yeah. and that just got shelved. And now that sort of all those songs are starting to sort of um, come to some kind of realisation. So, um, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm working on these songs as as a, as an album. And it's kind of, um, it's a bit it's a bit harder to working on it that way because it was like you've got this kind of um, concrete, um concept of what's how it's going to be at the end whereas like if you're just fiddling around coming up with ideas and 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 no real um yeah i mean it's different again it's a different process to just sitting down writing a song and then going out on the road and touring which is that's how we do all the locksmith stuff you know we just yeah. write songs on tour and, and then um finally we'd be like oh yeah let's record that so um yeah this is sort of yeah, I don't get to do, to do much touring these days, so it's yeah, it's um, it's more just sort of um, focused trying to write an album, and there's like two <laughs> or three songs that just won't write themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so who knows? Who knows if this album's actually ever going to see the light of day? There'll probably be another two or three in between. Yeah, yeah. I remember listening not that long ago to an interview with John Darnell from uh, the Mountain Goats and the lead singer mm. of Cake talking about how the idea of an album is pretty much dead these days because people just don't really do it. Like for the most part, artists, and you know, you've got big artists like Taylor Swift and stuff, but a lot of artists these days just put out singles um, on streaming yeah. and that's kind of how they, or, you know, or Bandcamp or something. Do you... Do you think that the art of the album is dead or do you still enjoy just sitting down and listening to an album from start to finish? Um, I, I still enjoy that, but yeah, that's just sort of, you know, I guess that's, that's how I learned to listen to music. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I don't always listen to music that way. You know, I, I stream stuff and I'll happily listen to, to a bunch of singles and, yeah. you know, let, you know, whichever streaming service do its thing, play its radio or, you yeah. know, you know, tap into my algorithm and, yeah. and just go for it, um, which is, which is fun as well. Like it's a good way to discover new music. Um, yeah. But 
I, yeah, I mean, I can see that, I can see the, um, the benefits of just doing, you know, a bunch of singles whenever. And, and I, and I like artists that do that as well. Yeah, and, same. Yep. you know, there's nothing governing that, that, that you need to put like 12 songs on a record and go, that's it. You know, it's just like, you know, there's people who've got like 50 singles out and they don't care. They're not going to go, Oh, I'm going to make an album out of that. It's just, it's just music and it's, um, you know, to be listened to however people get into it. Yeah, you know? 100%. I've gotten really yep. into the new Spotify. I've just put out that AI DJ that uh, it pops in kind of every four or five tracks and just talks to you and tells you what it's going to play next and then it just does goes off on its own thing. It's like, here's oh music God. you were listening to a lot in 2017 and just plays five random tracks. Like, it's, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that pretty sounds fun. mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy it's weird wow. how the, um, the, the, to what you were saying, Billy, the, the, the album as a concept is such a foreign thing to anyone who's only grown up in the, I, like I've talked, because I've got, uh, Mark, I've got two 11-year-olds and a 15-year-old. So the, other than the fact that I love vinyl and and Billy and I do this show, which I kind of force them to understand what an album <laughs> is, but th their generation just because they don't have they've never really been exposed to physical media, so they, the idea of an artist telling them this is the order that you listen to these songs, I've carefully curated this thing, and it, it takes you on a journey. Yeah, it's, it's so foreign to them. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's more than choose your own adventure for the kids these days. Isn't putting it? putting a vinyl record on, and they're like, "So, how do you shuffle it? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Strap yourselves in, kids. You start at one, and you go through to whatever it finishes, and that's how it goes. It's such a bizarre concept to anyone who's sort of come up in this streaming age, where yeah. not only do you not have this sort of curated list of songs in an order. Mm. It, but but it's all it's all playlists. It's everything's on shuffle. Everything's AI yeah. driven or algorithm driven. And I love streaming you know, though. I'm all about I've, my my main playlist. I listen to just has like three thousand songs in it, and I just hit shuffle on it. And I, I get pretty much everything you've given me on this show. <laughs> almost, I, I reckon fifty percent of the albums you've given me on this show, Billy are things that you have discovered through the... Yeah. Through you like the yeah. Lucksmiths, so you might like this 100%. band. 100%. <laughs> that, that's how I got into Math and Physics Club, who I absolutely oh, yeah. love, and I was so sad yeah. when, obviously, that all happened. But they've now got mm. two new bands. There's Model mm. uh, Model Shop and uh, Field School. And I was yep, really I, sad that I, Field I, School's I, new album wasn't on Spotify. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's all right. I've bought it. Despite you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, Mark, yeah. you've been a part of so many bands and released so many albums. It must be hard. But do you have a favorite album that you've contributed to in some way? Whether it's one that you played on or one that you were just really proud of producing or releasing? Like, um, yeah. I mean, there's you know, there's a bunch of Luxmith records that I think are, I think are you know really awesome and i you know it's for me it's hard to to listen to them without yeah um feeling nostalgic for the time that we recorded them you know because um most you know most of them we we tried you know we did our best to, to do something unusual go out of town yeah. find a you know log cabin somewhere and you know do something cool and 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 have a special time recording it um so uh yeah i there's no specific Luxmith one that I, that I love more than another one, but um, 
don't know. There's 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 actually probably the the album that I love uh, a lot that that I that I played on. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't say it's you know a perfect album or anything, but um, just the way. It, 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 I think because it was so immediate, like um, how how it was recorded, it's a it's it's impossible to find, and it's <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully I'm going to reissue it on, on Lost and Lonesome at some point. But it's um, this this band called the Mosquitoes, yeah. And um, it's uh, there's a guy there's a guy called Drew. He's an American dude, and he um, he for a, f- a few tours has been like the fourth locksmith before Louis yeah. joined and became the official fourth locksmith. Um, he was, so Drew would come along and play guitar with us. And, um, and then he came back to Australia instead of, you know, us paying him for all this touring, we were like, Hey, we'll buy you, buy you. We're on our way back to the airport to leave after a tour. And we're like, why don't you come back to Australia? We'll buy you a ticket. And that's, yeah. you know, that's your payment. And he was like, okay. So he came back and lived on my lounge room couch <laughs> for three months and um and he just um was just writing songs every day and then we got so this eight track that i've been using james eight track this is in like 2003 actually so we just sat down and and started recording an album and he asked me to play drums which i don't do that often so i played drums on this album and um and he played everything else um and he's just such an amazing brilliant musician and just comes up with these great classic pop songs, sort of bubblegum pop, but he's also, you know, he's, um, he's kind of all over the shop. He's into like Grateful Dead. He's into like metal. He's into everything, but yeah, he just wrote these beautiful songs and, and, um, I'll have to find, I'll have to find a, a, an old CDR and send it to you because it's, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah bubblegum and Billy just perked up. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm a tweak kid at heart. Everything I love is bubblegum pop, and yeah, that's amazing. If you, if you find well, it's, it, yeah, it's just these these songs are just they just every time I hear, I'm like, how did how did anyone write this? Yeah, incredible nugget. Of, and you know, he he's he went on to um he'll kill me if he ever hears me talking about this because he's now got an alter ego and he, he's uh, kind of like a punk rock sort of like yeah, right. rebel like guy. He's got a band called Personal and the Pizzas <laughs> and um, and it's all like started out as a sort of jokey thing, just songs about pizza, but sort of done in like Ramonesy, Stooges sort of style. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and he's, yeah, he's just a, he's still a brilliant musician. Um and um yeah he, he, yeah I, I i'd love to sort of dig out his first few tapes and things as well and get yeah. them reissued or something like that that'd be amazing point. oh if you do reissue with them i'll buy them straight away but if you find an old cdr or something hit me up that'd be so sick <laughs> I will, I will. yeah i mean there are, you know it's pretty lo-fi and everything but um actually carl smith from this um from soda stream yeah you know that band soda stream yeah, yeah. yeah um he um he mixed it and i mean yeah just remember going to his part like he didn't know what he was doing either it was just like all of us were like oh i've got this he did his best and it, yeah it sounds cool just somehow turned out to be this freak thing it sounds great that's awesome man yeah. that's a great story that's cool <laughs> Uh, what, yeah, what's no, your, to hear it. yeah what's your favorite album that you haven't had a part in like an album that maybe inspired you or that just musically you really love 
there there's probably a few i'd love to talk about but (laughs) i guess the main one is um and any of my friends would be like, oh, God, my name. <laughs> but it's um, this album called Jonathan Sings by um, Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. Yeah. So, yeah, a 1983 album. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, yeah, fell head, head, head over heels for this record. Well, cassette, actually, when I got it. Um, uh, yeah, Marty... Donald from the Luxmiths. We were at Batman Records one day down in I think it was Elizabeth Street. I think it was on, um, and um, and he found a tape and he was like, "Oh, this is the guy that like there was a band in Melbourne that used to do one of his, a cover of one of his songs, Hey There Little Insect." Yeah, and um, it was like, "Hey, this is uh yeah Hurdy Gurdy do this dude's song," and I was like, "Cool, I'll take that." You wink, and then and it was like I don't know six bucks or something like that, brand new at Batman and um. And um, yeah, I got it, got it into, got it in, uh, went back to my car, a little orange Honda, put in the tape deck and then like started playing it. And then, and then it got stuck in the tape deck. It wouldn't come out. (laughs) This this is a trauma that kids these days will never understand that moment of panic when you hear that. (laughs) Oh my God. Like at first it was like, oh geez. Like I hadn't, like, I was still like. Well, I put the tape on and I was like, this, I have no idea when this guy is from. Like, yeah. it sounds like it could have, this album, this oh, album yeah. could have been recorded anywhere between like 1962 and, you know, whatever year that was uh, when I heard it, 93. Um, and, um, yeah, it just, it was, it sounded timeless and um, and it just blew my mind. Like, this, the, the, the songs and, and, and Jonathan's, uh, you know his his little introductions to the songs yeah. and stuff. It's just like I was like, this guy's like off the planet. And um, I, you know, it got so I got stuck in my car, and I tried. I did the thing with the the, the knives, you know, yeah, yeah. yank it out, yeah. like, and it just wouldn't come out. And so we drove around. We drove around for a whole summer, and I was I think I was the only one with with my license. I was driving my buddies around all summer, and we had to listen to that tape over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> and um, it's it just it just worked its way into my DNA. It's like in me, and, um, and I know every line, every single word. I know every yeah. little ad lib bit backwards. You know, I know every the drumming on that record is so beautiful and yeah. so musical and. And um, and the organ playing and and Jonathan's guitar playing like and yeah. the the the, um, the two female backing vocalists it's just it's like it's just treads the finest line between super cheesy and just yeah. super heartfelt and just yeah. incredible yeah. Um, and yeah it's I, I just yeah I think at that point I was also I was like you know listening to a lot of punk rock and things yeah. like that and it just it just took me into a new direction yeah i'm, a, I'm the and same i'm a massive jonathan richmond fan i i was a kid and i was the same i was mostly into punk rock i taught myself playing guitar playing blink 182 and um you know stuff like <laughs> yeah, that because wow. it was so incredibly easy to play and learn <laughs> and yeah, yeah. i was how old was i when something about mary came out i must have been like 11 or something and that was my introduction to jonathan richmond because he's in that oh, film wow. he he plays yeah. a number of songs uh, including yep. one of my favorites, True Love Is Not Nice. And I was the same. I was like, man, I love this guy. Because you're right, it's yeah. so timeless. Like, 
It, it does. It sounds like it could be from the sixties or the nineties. Like it's. I know it's where and, and you know it's he was like obviously if you go back and listen to any of his records, it's completely out of step with what else is going on at that yeah, time. Like you know, yeah. is you know is you know he, he sort of was like proto punk or whatever you call him. At, you know, at the start of the seventies, and then like midway through, he's just like, I'm just going to play my guitar to kids in the hospital, you know, and, yeah. and try and cheer them up. And, and, um, and it was just like, people were, were tripping out on, on why this sort of punk dude is like starting to do these kids songs and nursery rhymes. And, and, yeah. but then again, and then he did, you know, in the early eighties, he started kind of going adult contemporary, you know, he was writing songs about his wife and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But then he still had his, you know, songs about, you know, the chewing gum rapper and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yep. His favorite baseball player, you know. So um yeah, just 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 one of a kind, such a unique dude and, I and to like, check you know, this guy out. Yeah, you'd love yeah. it. I, I, yeah. I'm I I am aware of modern lovers purely as the thing that Jerry Harrison did before talking heads. I don't <laughs> yeah, think I've yeah. ever heard any and, and I didn't even know the name Jonathan Richmond. Um, and obviously, I've seen something about Mary, and I, I thought that was one of the Farrelly brothers. I didn't even know it was. Um, so, yeah, rather shamefacedly, I'm going to be checking that out straight after we finish recording. Oh man, seriously! Like he could jump in anywhere. Like um, I was, I was just thinking back. Like the last time he toured Australia was in 1997, and um, his album "Surrender to Surrender to Jonathan" had just come out. Just come out, and that. Like I was just thinking about that. I mean, that's like a, an amazing breakup record. If you listen to that record, it's, but it's so well written. It's like you know, you listen to his records now, and he still puts out amazing records. But it's just like almost stream of consciousness. He's just singing whatever comes yeah. off the dome. That record, he's like, it's so concisely put together. The the words, they just they just like nail you. Like yeah. you know, it's so hard, such a heartbreaker. It's a beautiful record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should check it out, Dave. I'm ready to have your heart broken. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Billy as well. But no, you, you've utterly sold me on this guy. I'm going to be doing a bit of a deep dive tonight. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just 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 keep your mind open, though. You know, because like, um, I mean, those late seventies albums are, are, are incredible. Like the, before before he sort of. Ah, there's just there's just little, like almost two or three the groupings of the albums that he that he did. You can sort of hear where he was going at each at each stage. Oh. And then there's the the country album, which is just like sublime. Yeah, love it. love a bit of country. Yeah. yeah. In fact, not that long ago, Dave gave me Redheaded Stranger uh, Willie Nelson album on this show. <laughs> oh wow! Which I'd never listened to before. I didn't know Willie Nelson could sing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he, he, he's good when he wants to be. Yeah. Oh my god! Have you, have you ever like? Yeah, I mean, Willie. Have you ever seen any clips of him when he was super young? No, but he was a good-looking bird. He was. He was. <laughs> yeah. I know, definitely. Uh, you know, wouldn't kick him out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's it's the pigtails, isn't it? Oh, yeah, he's yeah he's he was a um, handsome man. Just say yeah, an amazing, amazing singer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Billy, I can see, I can see your, um, I can see in the, the video, your, uh, your Robo Vac is doing a little, 
Yeah. Little drive-by. Yeah. You know what it's like with kids in the house. We have to get that guy come out twice a day now. (laughs) This is not the first episode where someone's been distracted by the robot in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, man. This has just been amazing. I've been such a fan of you for so long in in so many different things. I love Manone Alone. We've uh, listened, we've we've done the Last Leaves album on this show, and I can't wait for another album. Which, uh, when I saw Last Leaves in November, there was some new songs played. So I'm hoping that there's going to be some new stuff coming out. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know what the story is, but I think that you know Marty Marty moved from Brunswick to Belgrave yeah. in like uh, whenever that was the late late noughties, <laughs> and um, and he he's hasn't slowed down the songwriting. It's just no, like, yeah. I think it's just like, you know, the pace of, of, of cranking things out sort of yeah. slowed down. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that our first record, I think we basically recorded that within the first year or so. Yeah. And it took five years to come out. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was, that came out in 2017. So it was now 2020. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's seven years. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to get it out this year. <laughs> the, new album, the new album's great. Like, it's going to be great. Yeah. All the songs are, 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 are Ace Marty's songwriting is get, just getting better. Oh, he's an um, amazing songwriter. I mean, so are you, though. Dave, Dave and I often argue because his favourite Locksmith song, I think, is one that you wrote, T-Shirt Weather. You you wrote that, didn't uh, you? Yeah. 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 I, was, I was going to say, before you go, can you settle an ongoing feud as to <laughs> what the greatest Locksmith song is? Because... Much as I love Sunlight in a Jar, um, as far as I'm concerned, T-Shirt Weather is the greatest pop yeah. song of the 2000s. Whereas mine is Sunlight <laughs> um, in a Jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It's, um, yeah, Sunlight, in a J- Sunlight in a Jar is a great song. It's the second best song on Warmer Corners um, after Young and Dumb. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's good. What's the, best, what's, sorry, what's the best song of Warmer Corners? Young and Dumb. <laughs> Dave, you're tripping. You wrote that one as well, <laughs> didn't you, Mark? I did. Yeah. I did, mate. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Thanks, thanks, mate. That's very kind. But thank you so much for joining us. You, you're an amazing songwriter, an amazing oh. musician, and I absolutely adore Lost and Lonesome as a record label. So it's just been such an honor to chat with you. So we can't thank uh, you enough, man. Uh, you guys are you guys are too kind. You guys are too kind. You're gonna need need to do some serious editing on this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, yeah, it's such a pleasure to have a chat. Thank you for asking me on the show. No worries. No. Thanks, heaps, man. Yeah, Absolute yeah. pleasure. Yeah, awesome. Take care. Thanks, heaps, man. See ya. Bye. What was going on?